Fantastic. So today we're looking at, we're continuing our series on faith. We're looking at worldly faith. I want to say that we all place our faith in something. Everybody. But biblical faith is not blind, but it's placed in God, God through knowledge and evidence. But let's just think about the, the first question this morning, which would be, where do people put their faith? Where do people put their faith? Let's have some crowd participation. Money. Other people. Nike trainers. Football teams, yeah, yeah. Some of that is really blind faith, isn't it? Yeah, drugs, alcohol, yeah. Power, yeah. So everybody places their faith, their trust, their hope in something. Where do you put your faith? I'll just let you think about that for a moment. Where do you put your faith? It's quick for us to say, well, I put my faith in God. But do we? So the question, where do you put your faith today, is something for you to ponder. Because faith, as I said, it's not something that just religious people do or people like us, born again. I don't classify myself as a religious person. But faith is a part of life. You said people put their trust in all sorts of things. People, organisations. Even in themselves to get through life, which is crazy. I put my trust in myself. Wow. But perhaps a question that we shouldn't ask is, do I have faith in God? But what do I ultimately place my faith in? Faith being trust, being hope. Do I put my trust in my own abilities? Well... I let myself down regularly. I let other people down. I try really hard not to, but man, I'm just a human. I'm just, I'm just me. Do I put my faith in, in my work, in my job? Is my security in my job? You work in the hope that you get paid. For some of you, you've got to hit those targets. Otherwise, you won't get paid. People put their faith in the government. I know that seems hard to believe at the moment. But people put their faith in the government. When you go to vote, you're voting in the hope that these people will deliver on their promises. We put our hope in doctors, 
put our faith in the doctor that we speak to the doctor and he can work out from what we're saying and looking at our body what's going wrong and give us the right medicine to make us well. We put our faith, we put our trust in money. You know, if the currency is not doing well, it affects everything. If the dollar isn't performing, everybody's in trouble. All these things are temporary. They will all fade away. We're going to read a story in the Bible. If you want to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. Uh, verse 7 to 11. Faith of the centurion. I'm going to actually start in verse 5. Uh, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home and suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to to one, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes, and to my servant. Do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, I tell you the truth, no one in Israel have I, uh, no one in Israel have I found such faith. Yeah, sorry. I t- truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Matthew is talking about a Roman centurion, a man who is outside of God's people. Seeking out Jesus to heal his beloved servant. Jesus agrees to go and see the servant, lay hands on him for him to be healed. But the centurion says, just say the word and he'll be healed. What faith. You don't need to come and lay hands. Just say the word. There's power in that enough. Centurion believed Jesus' command would heal his servant. Remember, this guy's in the military. So he would have understood commandments and order of authority. And Jesus marvels at this guy's faith. There's nobody in the whole of Israel I've found with such faith. And this guy wasn't even one of God's people. He's obviously heard or seen some of Jesus' miracles. His faith was, I'm going I'm to connect with this guy. 
when I ask him to heal, doesn't even have to go travel to, just has to command, just has to speak, and that's enough. Just incredible. He sought out Jesus. And he placed his faith in the knowledge of what he had perhaps seen and heard before. Swift Wigglesworth, great evangelist, said this about this story. Notice this, that there is one thing certain. There is no such thing as seeking without finding. He that seeketh findeth. Then listen to the gracious words of Jesus. I will come and heal him. We're all on a journey of faith. And I want to encourage you this morning to continue to seek Jesus. Because you will find him. As I said, we're all on different journeys. We're all on different stages of that. Walk with Jesus. Keep seeking. There's a couple of people that need to hear that this morning. Keep seeking Jesus and you will find him. You know, there's many people out there that, that claim that Christians have a blind faith. How can you believe that? There's no evidence. You, you just, this is crazy for you to believe this. But our trust in Jesus isn't blind. We, we, we've come, we've, we've seen, we've experienced. I'm really struggling. It's very quiet. Um, we come and, we, and we've met with Jesus and, and had our lives transformed. That there are people out there that, that that don't and haven't experienced Jesus, and they think we're a little bit crazy. Some of some people think a lot crazy. I mean, it's true in some ways, but it's it's good, it's good. Certainly for people like Jim for myself you know we want to see the evidence show me the evidence of this Jesus as much as the kind of emotional element we want hard facts and I just want to go through just a couple of just a couple of things just encourage us in our conversations with with people um can I change this microphone? Sorry. Sorry. Hello? Hey, that's better, man. That's, it's better now, isn't it? Isn't that better? <sighs> I'm more comfortable now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'd like to have a little bit of power. Just a little bit. It's helpful. 
Um, let's put this slide up. We can, there's loads of stuff out there, but this thing, this, I love this. Absolutely love this. It's talking about the scriptures, talking about the scrolls, everything that was written down. If you look there, you know, you've got the work of Caesar, Plato, a few other guys, and then you've got the New Testament. Right, and that, the second column is when they were written. So for Caesar, between 10 uh, and 44 BC. For the New Testament, 40 AD to 100 AD. The third column is the earliest copy. So Caesar, AD 900. New Testament, AD 125. And the time span difference. 1,000 years for Caesar compared to 25 years for the New Testament. And then the number of copies. So for Caesar, it was 10. You can see the rest of the numbers there. We'll leave this up for a little bit. New Testament, 24,000. We all believe that Caesar was, was real, right? Yeah? No doubt. Yet people find it hard to believe that Jesus was real. That Jesus was who he says he was. Yet, there's 24,000 copies with a time span gap of 25 years between the events and it being written down first. I think that's pretty conclusive for me. And, you know, these, these guys, they, the scribes, they were called scribes, right? They used to copy the, the, the scrolls out. And if they made a mistake, they disregard it. So you can put your faith and trust in the Word of God. It is pretty highly accurate that really the only real issues are spellings of names and of places. The stories that you read are true. The person of Jesus is true. For me, that's enough. For other people, it's not enough. So then what do I do? I go and look outside of the Bible. Is there stuff outside of the Bible, writings about Jesus? Anything. And yet there is. Some of you will know this. Some of you have heard all this before. But it's good to be reminded of it. You're hearing it for the first time. It's, it's also cool. There's a load of people. Josephus was a Jew. He wrote about Jesus. Thallus was a pagan's man. A lot of them tried to go, like, go after Jesus. Uh, I, I want to read you I want to read you this. Um, so Julius Africanus, writing around 221 AD, does quote Thallus, who previously tried to exp explain away the darkness occurring at Jesus' crucifixion. On the whole world, there pressed the most fearful darkness, and the rocks were rent by an earthquake, and many places in Judea and other districts were thrown down. 
Turn to Matthew 27, verse 51. Matthew 27, verse 51. says this, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. This is Jesus, the death of Jesus. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from rock to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. It happened. It happened. There's many other people. We don't have time today. I was hoping to have a little bit more time, but we don't. But there are other people. If you want, if you want my notes, you're welcome to have them to have a look just to just to deepen your understanding and ground your faith. The word of God for us is enough. As believers, the word of God is enough. But we also call to go and make disciples, right? So sometimes there'll be other things, other tools in the arsenal that we can have and use to have reasoned discussion with people. Faith is rarely ever blind. Evangelist Charles S. Price emphasised that faith is not the same as presumption. Presumption is belief without evidence and faith is belief in action with it, with evidence. People who criticise faith assume that Christians don't know who is catching them. They assume we are just blindly and unintellectually and unintelligently going backward. However, Christians can trust fall into the arms of God because we know God and we can trust that he will catch us. To put your trust in anything other than Jesus, for me, is blind faith. And temporal. Because it will fade away. There should be a video. I'm hoping there's a video. Um, you need the sound as well. So forget that coffee for a moment, good sir. <laughs> we haven't tested this. I'm hoping it's going to work. Uh, I'm exercising my faith. And we're just doing an exercise and building trust between one That's another. So the, well, there's the audio. And Turn the audio down right quick. Dun, 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 by the power of technology. Oh, there we go. Start it again, if you can. Fall, and we're just, it'll be an exercise in building trust between one another. So Harrison, if you don't mind going first, uh, step up here on this chair and close your eyes. All right, and then everybody fill in, 
and we're going to ask you to fall, and then they will catch you. So you have to trust us. So I'm going to count to three. Just relax and fall, okay? One, two, three. No, wait, no, no! Fall, and we're just... So I want to say to you this morning... Between one another, so... I want to say to you this morning, don't be that guy. Okay? If you take anything away from this morning, don't be that guy. You can put your trust in Jesus. You can arm yourself with enough weaponry to speak to people that are living blindly about Jesus. I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to read a story. And then um, we're going to pray. Is, uh, where's James? There he is. Good, sir. Thank you. Story about the Prince of Granada. The Prince of Granada, an heir to the Spanish crown, was sentenced to life in solitary confinement in Madrid's ancient prison called the Place of the Skull. The fearful, dirty and dreary nature of the place earned it that name. Everyone knew that once you were in, You'd never come out alive. The prince was given one book to read the entire time. He was given the Bible. With only one book to read, he read it over and over, hundreds and hundreds of times. The book became his constant companion. After 33 years of imprisonment, he died. When they came in to clean out his cell, they found some notes that he had written using nails to mark the soft stone of the prison walls. The notations were of this sort. Psalm 118 verse 8 is the middle verse of the Bible. Ezra 7 verse 21 contains all the letters of the alphabet except the letter J. The ninth verse of the eighth chapter of Esther is the longest verse in the Bible. No word or name of more than six syllables can be found in the Bible. When Scott Udell originally noted these facts in an article in Psychology Today, he noted the oddity of an individual who spent 33 years of his life studying what some have described to be the greatest book of all time, yet could only glean trivia. From all we know, he never made any religious or spiritual commitment to Christ, but became an expert at Bible trivia. What kind of faith do you have? Is it anything like the faith of the Prince of Granada? There's a difference between knowing facts about God, facts about the Bible that we've looked at briefly, very briefly this morning. There's a difference between knowing these facts and allowing God to change you from the inside out. People can grow up People can learn About God Live with 
good knowledge, good trivia, but still be blind. Because they've never entrusted their lives to Christ. How about you today? We mustn't have a blind faith. We must trust in God. For many of you, I know that you know Jesus. But I don't know that for everyone. Do you know about God and not know Him? I want to have the faith of that centurion. Come on. even just the word of God would be enough the commandment to be healed would be enough that's my journey what's your journey today Where do you put your faith?